Business radio show and podcast. You can find us every Wednesday at Brave New Radio, 88.7 FM on the campus of William Patterson University in scenic Wayne, New Jersey, or on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio as a podcast. I am your co-host, Professor David Kirk Philp, along with your other co-host, Dr. Esteban. Marconi. That is he, and we are alive and pre-recording what you're listening to from Nashville, Tennessee at the Music Biz 2016 Convencione! <laughs> What a conference. <laughs> this has been a great conference, right. Dr. Steven. We've seen one thing, have we? We have missed everything, but we've had some great interaction with guests. Very good. Things that other people didn't do, we did. Yes, and we got to spend time with students. Like we have a student with us right now. Her name All is right. jo- Joelle Filippi. Joelle Filippi. I almost said in my head, I almost said Felipe. Felipe. And all of a sudden you were Felipe Alou and you were on the Montreal Expos in the 70s. But no, no, it's Joelle Felipe. Never heard of the Montreal Expos. But uh, good to have. Joelle is the award winning Joelle Felipe. Kevin, Kevin Bruner, by the way, CD baby, Kevin Bruner, here he is. Kevin, did you know that Joelle is president of our music and entertainment organization? I did not know that. And did you know that she won? And what did, what did you get, like, best president? Outstanding president. Out, yes. Outstanding president of the <laughs> year for 2016. And her organization won the best best uh, organization, music business, or just Event best, for best a music event, panel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had a music business 101 panel, live panel mm-hmm. with people like you on it in October. And that one at our school, the best event. And that was a Joelle Filippi production. Right. So could we give her one more big hand because it's great. And um, that's great. So, so we the should, rap thing didn't win. No. No, it was too late in the game. Oh. Okay. So it was good. So ours won, so let's just be glad that <laughs> we were involved. So we want to thank you, Joelle, for being here. Kevin, thank we you. want to thank you for being here. You're going to be very involved. You're going to be hyper-involved in this podcast. All right. Won't be in but first... First, we have to give thanks to a few things. We have to give thanks to the Music Business Association, actually Music Biz Association, for giving us this space here at the luscious, gorgeous, sexy basement of the Nashville Convention Center. Mm-hmm. But we've got it, and it's been great. And this is your interview number 20 Wow! so far on Day Tres. That's Spanish for three. And we want to thank MIA, the Music and Entertainment Industry Educators Association. They gave us a grant so people like Joelle could come here mm-hmm. on a very subsidized, very tiny amount of money. We want to thank the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management with acts like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, Sharon Jones, the Dap Kings, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com when it's best for you. So, Kevin. Yes. You were in a band. Yes. What were they called? Something Poets? Small Town Poets. Small Town Poets. And if they needed a business manager, you know who they would call? 
the the people you just read. Yes, <laughs> yes, they were called Van Dyne Bruno Inc. slash White Hat Management. So there we go. But only if, if you needed that, because yeah. they're not going to force themselves on okay. you. This is that's consensual. good to know. That's right. And also, we should give thanks to Christine Vay, a wealth manager and the president of Oive Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of. Did you hear my joke? The Oive Wealth yes, Management. Yes, I did. I Christine did. has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson manage their investments and plan out their retirement. If you are looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, or if you have questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance and retirement planning, give Christine a call at, and you're going to repeat this phone number for me. Okay, yeah. 732. 732. 455. 455. 1510. 1510. You could also email her, Kevin, if you'd like. Christine at VeyWealth.com, and she would advise you. Excellent. Did you know that she has a tagline? I'm sure she I does. Don't know the tagline. Do it. You have what? to. You you knew the tagline uh, 19 interviews ago. Yes. And you've lost the. I lost. What it. is it like? Your no. money, her pocket. <laughs> she, um, fishes. <laughs> she fishes. Your money, your wealth, our focus. <laughs> Something like that. So uh, it is time now to focus on Kevin Bruner from CD Compact Disc Baby and Joelle Filippi, award-winning Joelle Filippi, is now going to give a little bit of bio. The reason we're doing this is Joelle was able to book Kevin for this. This is part of a whole summer class that we're doing. Mm -hmm. The students book the guests. The, the guests come in. The students give a lot of questions. They prep for it, and then we give our two cents whenever we want to. Yeah. So Joelle, yes. one, two, three, go! So Kevin Bruner has been in the industry for years, both as an artist and an industry professional. He attended Belmont University here in Nashville and studied music and music management. He is an artist and has been in bands such as Small Town Poets, which is a Christian rock group who was nominated for um, Grammy, nom Grammy nominations, and um, also in the band Hello Morning. And he is currently the VP of Marketing at CD Baby and hosts CD Baby's DIY Musician Podcast. So before we talk about... Um, everything in your past, like your past projects. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about CD Baby for those who don't know about? Yeah, well, we're a music distribution company. Uh, we were actually started in 1998. So uh, way back then, it was uh, the founder was just an artist who uh, wanted to sell his music directly to fans online, and there wasn't at that time a way to do so. Uh, he didn't want to have to go through normal distribution routes and uh, or you have to use a record label, but at that time that was the only way you could get to market. So he started CD Baby, and originally, you know, it was just selling CDs. Uh, fast forward many years, uh, we're just a full service distribution service. We do still distribute CDs, but that's uh, a smaller focus these days. We do digital distribution. We help artists uh, get sync licensing placements. We uh, actually have a publishing administration service as well so we're also helping artists uh, monetize their songs and administer their publishing rights for them and we do things like YouTube monetization as well so it's really just a one-stop shop to help artists make money from their music okay and what is your role or responsibility as VP of marketing uh, as as VP of marketing I'm I'm basically in charge of uh, everything we do as far as marketing our services, most of our focus is geared towards uh, marketing to independent artists, letting them know that we exist. Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of artists, you know, especially now when it, you don't ha need to uh, come to a city like Nashville in order to make a record and, 
and uh, and you know have a successful band. A lot of people are making great music in their bedrooms, and then they, from that point, don't know what their options are and and how to get it out to the world. So a lot of our time spent is focusing on that, uh, letting artists know we exist and how we can help them, and just we give a lot out a lot of helpful information, just unrelated to our services as well, just to to help the community, and then. Uh, Beyond that, which is my main area of focus, we have several new brands that we've launched recently that are not under the CD Baby name. We have one called Illustrated Sound, which is a YouTube network, um, and the website's just illustratedsound.com. That's relatively new. Uh, we have about 200 plus YouTube channels in that network, and that we're helping them uh, maximize their potential for their channels on YouTube. Who? who, who? When you say you're helping them, is it other like CD Baby type artists? Or it, it's it anybody. This this one, Illustrated, sounds unrelated to CD Baby. I mean, there's there's some connection, you know. We but anyone can sign up at Illustrated Sound. It doesn't matter if you use CD Baby or not. So, mm -hmm. um, so we have some channels in there that uh, have millions and millions and millions of views and uh, very big subscriber bases, and we have some smaller channels as well. So it, what what it is is it's just a way for artists to maximize their channels um, which is different than monetizing their music on the YouTube platform which we do through CD Baby so that's something new then we have uh, another brand that we just launched it's still kind of in a beta phase called herenow.com uh, uh, and that's h-e-a-r uh, now.com so uh, that's something new we're working on that's brand new so there's other things like that. So in those situations, my role is to uh, work out like the branding um, and just what the brand's gonna look and feel like. So I'm responsible for that. And then it's uh, start looking at strategies for connecting you know, that brand with other folks, getting in front of people, and, and, uh, and then a lot of messaging to the users and all that stuff. All that stuff falls under my yeah, so going off of that, because I'm actually a marketing major, and that's why I came yeah. across you, because I'm interested in marketing, yeah. and I know a lot of people who listen to our radio show and podcast, they're interested in the business side of things, Yeah. and so what are some marketing strategies that that CD Baby uses? Uh, well, our, our general strategy would fall under what gets called content marketing strategy, so I mentioned that we do a lot of... Uh, you know, we, we create a lot of articles and a lot of we put out a lot of information to help independent artists. So a lot of it is like someone searching online, um, like how to you know how to set up a band Facebook page. That's mm -hmm. one of our actually one of our uh, historically top performing articles. It just constantly gets people looking at it, mm -hmm. um, and so people find us, start getting in our ecosystem because they're like, oh, this blog's cool, oh, there's all this great information about artists, who is doing this, oh, it's CD Baby, cool, and it kind of builds trust, mm -hmm. uh, and they see us as members of the community, and you know, for us, it's a big deal. Uh, when I started working at CD Baby, I've been there for 10 years now, um, pretty much everyone in the building was an artist, and pretty active at that it w as well, so... Hmm. Um, and uh, now it's it's there's still a heavy mix of artists, uh, but there's not as many of us in the building as there used to be. But so it's but for us it's really important that it's not that you know we're not just putting this information out there because 
we want them to find our services. We're just, you know, we, uh, a lot of us are artists ourselves and we just want to help other artists mm -hmm. move their career forward. And it really, like the podcast that I do for CD Bay, which would fall under that whole content marketing strategy, I started that in 2007. And uh, at that time at CD Baby, my job was just to talk to artists all day. They'd call and like, you know, for a number of reasons. Some of them just wanted somebody to talk to. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Um, some of them would be, you know, how can I get better gigs? I mean, a lot of the, probably about, you know, at that time, probably about uh, a fourth of the calls I was taking were totally unrelated to CD Baby. They were just yeah. artists wanting help because they didn't know anywhere else to turn to. So out of that, I, I, I was a huge fan of podcasts and, uh, I still am. And so I was like, I want to create a long form thing where we can just talk about these issues and people can listen to them because I can't spend an hour on the phone with everybody. Yeah. At that time, there was only like six of us answering calls. Now we have a call center of 40 people because we just have so many artists calling us all day long. So that's where I started podcasting. and But that's that falls in that content strategy. But it was really, again, what can I do to provide these people that have these questions that... Um, Help them out, and then uh, ultimately they love CD Baby even more. And if they don't use CD Baby, they feel like they know us and can trust us. If they do use CD Baby, then the connection to the brand is that much tighter. So those are those are the kind of things we do. Um, and then beyond that, we do, we do a lot of social marketing um, ads on Facebook and. Uh, you know, slicing and dicing various uh, demographics and people that we're trying to target. Um, we do that. We do a lot of Google ads. We do email is still our top top performing yeah. form of marketing. Um, if we want results, uh, it's usually powered by email. So, have you ever heard of a guy named Marcus Sheridan? Yes, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know where I've heard it. He's from. a guy who uh, owned a pool store. Yes, okay, yeah, okay. Hype, hi, uh, HubSpot had featured yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he became this guy yeah. the sales line. What, he yeah. was similar in terms yeah. of content marketing around oh, when the recession hit, yeah. 08, 09. Yeah. Nobody was buying pools. pools yeah. And he said, so I get these questions all the time about pools. So was, And just like you said, people kept calling. So he said, I'm going to create a blog and just answer every question and just yeah. give them all the information. Yeah. And he did that, and he developed such trust that people were just always going to him, and he became a huge success, sold a ton of pools and all that. Now he's turned that into a whole career, and he's this guy of the sales line, and yeah. he goes out and he talks all about it. But it's based upon exactly what you are just talking yeah. about, creating yeah. content around what you sell, and people trust you, and people believe in you. Yeah. And it's a great strategy that you guys do. Yeah, and it's it's been critical because uh, when I started working at CD Baby, we had really two competitors and they weren't really competitors they were focused on different segments of the marketplace and in fact that one of them got purchased by the other and they don't even focus on the independent community at all anymore um, but so at that time uh, we were pretty much the only truly independent artist game in town but then we had serious competition pop up and uh, uh, and now there's tons of people getting into distribution and if it wasn't for that trust and that familiarity and the fact that we do those things, we would be in a different place than we are now where people uh, love us and trust us. And they, you know, whenever we're out and about and 
it'll be you know I'll be at the grocery store or whatever and and uh, they'll just make a chit chat. Where do you do? Oh, I work at a music distribution company called CD Baby. They, CD Baby, I love CD Baby. I have my band's albums on CD Baby. You guys are amazing. Or it's a customer who's bought music from us before, and we just have a really positive reputation. And that that's just years and years of doing that stuff because we've had some rough patches as a business as well where there was some maybe some ongoing issues with the website or you know some some things that uh that we've had to work through over the years but if where it would have been easy to you know for people to leave but because they trust us and know us then they're they're willing to stay with us for the long haul so that's a lot of what we do on the marketing side with these new brands that i was talking about it's kind of exciting because they're they're it allows for us a, a new opportunity, especially with illustrated sound. Some of the things we're doing on the marketing side is being a little bit more involved with some of the the content creators, um, trying to work with uh, folks like YouTube and and connect some of these big channels with some brands. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's some of the the strategy there. But that's all brand new. That that uh, that brand is really uh, only been going really less than a year. So, um, if people could find that illustratedsound.com. Yep. So they can find you cdbaby.com. Right? Yeah, and cdbaby.com is our storefront, our right. the place where artists go to learn more information and and sign up their music for distribution is at members.cdbaby.com. They can get there from cdbaby.com, but there's really two different websites cuz kind of interesting thing was CD Baby was originally set up as a CD store and that's yeah. all it was. Mm-hmm. And as we added all these other services, um, the store kind of became its uh, a separate sort of entity, and the CD Baby member services are, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that use us to get their music to, um, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, iTunes, and all the digital retailers around the world that don't even necessarily have CDs or uh, even use our store, um, but. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's kind of become its own little entity. But yeah. So, in uh, Illustrate Sound, yeah, they can go there too. And it's and I just went to it. and I was lucky because I was trying to think of the the term multi channel network. Yeah. Um, could you? Ex- and I'm sorry if I'm no, jumping go all for it. over. Go for think, it. But I, the Illustrated Sound. This thing is interesting, and this is so, sort of a lot of people. We had a guy from uh, IND yesterday. Uh, Indie music. Yeah. Uh, yeah Brandon uh, Martinez. Yeah. Um, who Live Nation bought, and yeah. he got he started as an agent do, dealing with multi-channel networks yeah. uh, on the YouTube side. Can you kind of explain what that is and make it a little bit more clear what Illustrated Sound does for bands and how? Yeah, so basically, um, in YouTube, you know, most people are familiar. You go to YouTube, you end up at various videos, or you know, ultimately, if you like somebody, you end up at their channel where they have a lot of videos. And YouTube has a very specific way they want people to use the platform. You don't have to use it that way, but in order to capitalize on it, you need to use it certain ways. Most people are not familiar with what those uh, simple tips and tricks are. Um, In reality, what YouTube, when they look at YouTube, is they want each channel to run almost like a cable channel, like if you're flipping through the channels. They want, like if you do a cooking show, they want it to feel like hey, this is your cooking show, and and here's information when the show happens, and here's all our latest episodes. That's kind of how they've designed the platform to work. And so for artists, there's a lot of 
Uh, it, it's a little less defined for artists because I'm not a cooking show. I don't make mm-hmm. necessarily new episodes of how to cook various things. So it's a matter of understanding some strategies around that and building out those channels. So once you have your channel uh, and you get to a certain level, um, there's some advantage to joining a network, which is what a network just, just brings a lot of these channels together under one brand name. On the ground, using YouTube, there's zero difference as far as what your fans see. And really, if you want to keep using YouTube like you have, as far as using their admin area, you can. Um, So you can join a network and uh, really feel like nothing's changed. Um, What does change is that advertisers there's certain advertisers that will spend more money on networks. Mm-hmm. There's some advertisers that won't spend um, money for on channels that aren't in networks. But the bigger your network gets, the more you become a, a demographic slice that then advertisers know to go after. And then you can start, we can, on behalf of the artist, start going out to people to try and get more traction for our videos. So that's that's one part of it. The other part of it is, when they join our network, we give them, we've got this uh, very cool backend dashboard that they get um, that allows them to do a lot of things that they can't do inside of YouTube. Like um, one thing that's common for artists is uh, say you've got a new album coming out. Well, if you've got 20, 30 videos, it is a big pain to go back change the description of all those videos like to link to the new album do the mention of the new album you can do uh, bulk editing of all your videos inside so you can change really get more strategic with your messaging so it's not like a video you posted two years ago still has an ad for a tour that's over you know Mm -hmm. so you can change all that kind of stuff real easily through your dashboard if I sign up for the yeah you can push your videos to both Facebook and YouTube from the same spot and get data from both and it it's uh you can uh keywording is another one that's very helpful for the bulk Mm -hmm. um uh, the bulk editing because a lot of people don't one of the things people just don't do that youtube is always telling you should do is adding proper keywords to all your videos so in there you can add those keywords and push them to all your videos because a lot of the keywords will be the same you'll want to tailor some to each uh, video, but in general, it's better to, you know, let's just get them all with basic tags first. And as as your channel gets bigger and bigger, it becomes a much bigger issue to manage these. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, there's channels that have thousands of videos, you know, Mm -hmm. and you get to that point, you're probably a very serious YouTuber and you're probably making a decent amount of money, but you also now have this giant thing that needs to be managed. And so there's tools like that um, in there that help people that that's what they're trying to do uh, better optimize their channel so they have better earning potential and then we're looking for opportunities as well for them right okay so it's a way for a band to make the YouTube experience easier from an administrative side yeah. plus it's an opportunity to potentially make more money yes yes because they uh, YouTube they a lot of times you, we're not they, they don't they don't uh, 
like to say, but there are some ads that, like I said, on networks that get better placement mm -hmm. and stuff that's, that they don't like. If your channel, if you've got a popular YouTube channel and you're just floating out there by yourself, it's better to join a network in most cases. Um, you still should be very aware of what you're getting into. Ours is um, very low cut that we take and very, you know, there's no, no, you're not locking into anything. There's some networks that are out there that are, uh, will take like 50% of your money and lock you in for years and, and not really provide much service. Um, but so it's important before you just jump in to know what you're getting into. Uh, but uh, if you've got a channel that's just doing well and floating out there by itself, it's good to consider joining a network because it may open up some more opportunities, especially with the kind of ads that get shown on your um, on your videos. You'll start seeing more of the, the pre-roll video ads and less of the little bar click ads because those pay more and those are for you know people that are spending more advertising dollars. So. So would you say a service like this is what sets CD Baby apart from other distributors, or? Yeah, well, I mean, from other distributors, I mean, there's there's a lot that sets us apart. Um, yeah. Most distributors out there, all they do is push your music to to iTunes. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's of course we we do that as well. But then uh, there's. Um, you know the YouTube monetization that we do, which is different than what I'm talking about with Illustrated Sound. It's yeah. it's it, that looks for your sound recordings throughout the whole YouTube ecosystem. So if your fans are uploading videos with your songs in it, uh, we find them and turn ads on, and you start making money yeah. off of that activity. So it's it may even if you don't even have a YouTube channel, it doesn't mean that there's not opportunity for money for yeah, you, you in the make money. yeah. yeah. Um, so there's that, uh, and we've actually been doing a lot more with sync licensing and getting a lot of cool placements lately. And then, you know, the publishing administration service is a key thing that's going to, I think, is is critical moving forward uh, that artists take advantage of. And uh, um, there's one other company that has a comparable service, but uh, most distributors don't even aren't even going to touch that. It's it's something that it takes a lot of work, but. Um, then on the other side, I mean, the one thing we have that none of them have is an uh, actual store with uh, where you can sell CDs. And you can sell downloads at our store, too. You actually make the most money out of anywhere that selling them through our store than uh, the cut so low at that, lower than any other place that I've ever seen online. Uh, so, so if I'm on CD Baby, yeah. I should drive them to CD Baby as opposed to iTunes. Yeah, you're going to make far more money. Because so iTunes is getting 30%, uh, then you get, we you guys nine, get like 9%? Yeah. yeah. On our store, we just take 9%. So on a, you know, 99 nine. cent download, you would get uh, like 90 cents. Mm -hmm. So, um, which is more so than any other place I've seen on the web. Um, but... Uh, but yes, the the CD store and and CD distribution. Um, I know a lot of artists these days don't tend to think about that. It's still an incredible revenue stream for artists. Uh, we we've been talking about YouTube. Uh, we just did this pre-sale with this band. That's a, they are YouTube artists. Their whole career is YouTube. They have um, I think they have like three hundred fifty thousand subscribers millions and millions of views uh, and they're really connected to the gamer community 
in fact, I believe one of them is a professional gamer. <laughs> um, and so they have this music. It's kind of, uh, I think their regular music's kind of uh, humorous and comedy driven. And uh, but they just released this album of cover songs. And uh, we had worked with them on a couple releases that did really well. But we approached them like, "You let's do a pre-release of CDs, and um, we'll cover the cost of manufacturing." We're gonna recoup that cost, but we'll we'll make mm -hmm. the CDs, and uh, let's do pre-sale. And they uh, also we did a poster, and they were gonna sign them. Uh, they were expecting to sell because we'd done some other pre-sales with them that did like six thousand units. One did twelve, uh, so they were expecting about fifteen thousand. It sold 50,000 50, copies, mm. um, and so they were they just were at our place. For a week with boxes sitting around them just signing for like <laughs> nine hours straight and they didn't even get through half of it so um but they made over half a million dollars because if you think about fifty thousand cds uh and you're making most of that money that's a lot of money and that was a group that would have never considered cds because they're youtube first artists they they make money off their channel and other things and uh so it's like um, there's lots of examples of things like that that we can do for artists that other distributors can't which is a you know a lot of people go ah, especially YouTubers it's like a lot of them even just distributing to iTunes is a second thought but then the idea of doing CDs are like ah, my, my fans are YouTube YouTube first they're not going to buy CDs and then 50,000 copies <laughs> later and they charted uh, I think it was charted at number 24 on the Billboard Top 200 mm -hmm. when it when it launched and uh, was still on the charts and so that's uh, that's proof that, that that fans will still still buy something and so I, you know that's why for us it's about monetizing all revenue streams you, you know sure you might be getting more traction on streaming instead of downloads or downloads and and uh, not CDs or CDs and none of the other depending on who your fans are we have artists that span all age ranges, all genres. We have over 800 and some genres. Oh, wow. And um, so it's very different fan by fan, uh, what they want. But for artists, I always tell them, don't go in assuming that this revenue stream is not gonna be viable and just immediately yeah. shut it off. You know, if you, you know, if you wanna try CDs, we have some options where you can get five CDs. If, and if it's not, you know, you realize your fans don't want them, Cool, that's fine. If there's some people that are afraid to get into streaming because they think mm -hmm. that if they get into streaming, they're not going to make any money. But we've got people that are making lots of money from streaming, so it's like you can't. Is, is Perrin Lamb an example? Yeah. Uh, for those of you who uh, have never heard of Perrin Lamb, you might have heard some of his music if you subscribe to any Spotify playlists. He's on a coffee house playlist yeah. and one other. Great New York Times article about him last summer, I think. Yeah. And it mentioned two songs in particular, and he made $70,000 or $80,000 $80, off, I forget how many millions of streams he got by being on a great playlist. But they specifically state that that was, I might have seen actually you quoted in that article. I, I was New York quoted. Times, oh, there we go, article. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, where they talked about how streaming that, there are artists who actually are making a living. You know, he's making a nice middle class living and yeah. that's really helping. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of artists have been, you know, we, we, we got that, pitched that story to the New York Times because uh, it, it, that story came across my desk. I was talking to uh, 
Perrin's business partner. They actually have a uh, a sync company here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. They mainly write for uh, original music for um, ad agencies, I think is their focus. And they still have some tracks that they pitch, but it's mainly like writing original music. But I was talking to his business partner and um, he was telling me about this, this story because there were some other details around it, why, why we were having the conversation. And I said, we need to pitch this story. This is a great story. And uh, so we, we got our publicist on, publicist on the phone and um, got it placed in the New York Times. So it was, it, was a, it was a good article. But it was one that really why we wanted to pitch it was because there's a lot of doom and gloom if you read the headlines, if you follow music business blogs. And a lot of folks that, uh, uh, you know, will say it, make it feel like the sky's falling because it's a streaming economy now. Yeah. And we had this positive story and we started talking about it because we wanted to get some balance out there to the, the, the press. And the reason why is that I think, um, you know, as an artist, which I still am, I want to get paid. And yes, I want the streaming companies to pay uh, the appropriate rates. I want to get paid, you know, a fair amount for my music that sells or gets streamed. That being said, I don't want a exaggerated negative, um, negative headlines that are really just to be sensational to drive bad decision making that act actually ultimately ends up hurting the music music economy, especially for independent artists in the long run. And that's where that conversation with Josh is the his parents' business partner. They were at something here in Nashville where it was a songwriters rights like discussion. It was like someone from Congress was there and mm -hmm. this major label artist and someone from a major label and uh, someone representing, you know, like from a PRO or something. It was all these people that were really talking from the major label perspective and not really and not talking about what it's like on the ground for independent artists who are actually seeing success and making a lot of money without this whole system. And uh, and so those guys going, you know, especially like a congressman who doesn't have the time to invest and really get to know the music industry and all the very various layers and facets of it. He doesn't have that time to do it. He's going to go back and put in legislation that that's not really thought through because he didn't really get all the facts. And that's what those guys were frustrated about. And we started talking about it. We're like, we need to start getting some other you know, headlines out there so someone doesn't go make legislation in Congress as far as you know, they're talking about updating copyright laws that ultimately crush new business models mm -hmm. and new technology because that doesn't help the independent artists and uh, it may help somebody who's trying to preserve their mega label catalog and to keep tight reins on, you know, the Beatles catalog or someone else's, you know, really high value catalogs. It might help them control the pipeline more, but it, it can squeeze the other guys out. And that's what, you know, uh, was concerning and is still concerning that, that people get all the facts and, and really see that the streaming economies here, like it or not, music fans have decided even even if music fans haven't decided uh the technology companies have decided <laughs> that's what it's gonna be <laughs> mm -hmm. so like it or not that's where we're at and we need to make the best of it yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting too because we think of 
my thought because CD, CD Baby was so early. Yeah. You think of CDs, period. Oh, they must be dead. That company must be dead. You know, so you're right. Any, any exposure that comes into the news that says, hey, no, we're more than that now yeah. and yeah. we've changed with the times and we're servicing artists for today, not for 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's very important, and you're right about the legislation. It's just based on lobbyists, usually, yeah. you know. And yeah, that's and, and that's and that's what's frustrating about it. That um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting time to be in the music business. There's a lot of change. I think uh, I think by 2017, um, the the download might be uh, on its way out, is and and might meet its final death as a a preferred format it'll still be around as a way to transmit I you know tracks and stuff but um, there's like three more major streaming services launching this year mm-hmm. and uh, and what do we have with Pandora's gonna put one out iHeartRadio mm-hmm. and there's rumors Amazon's right okay. yeah so there's so many they all want to exclu- gonna want exclusives so yeah so it'll get interesting <laughs> and weird and yeah. and uh, artists are gonna you know yeah there's already some of that happening where artists are gonna take the bait and get paid off to do an exclusive and then realize none of my fans can get my music yeah. I mean uh, well, Kanye West that, just made uh, a big blunder in that area yeah. all these exclusives <laughs> confuse the fans yeah so they get they freeze they don't do anything they'll just continue to listen to Spotify or whatever they've been doing yeah um, so that's I think that scares me more than than the segmented. Yeah, so I think I think they'll I think where things will end up more is like doing week long exclusives with one service yeah. before it launches. The with their, yeah. yeah, so so that that I think can make sense. And so actually, uh, I could see uh, you know vinyls had a resurgence. I could actually see um, CDs getting a little bit of a resurgence because. Uh, people who don't want streaming, but managing MP3s has become such a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, certain services really dropped the ball on that, mm-hmm. and so it's nearly impossible to get your MP3s on your phone anymore without it getting all messed up. Depending on what service you use, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I could see some of the physical formats actually still gaining some promise because people getting frustrated and tired mm-hmm. of managing stuff and and finding out their catalog's gone. So, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. It'll be, it'll be a, uh, 2017 is going to be interesting with all those services in the mix. That's right. We need to wrap it up. Okay. Joel, right. we need to thank you very much oh, for, for. No, we should thank Kevin. <laughs> we're going to thank you for okay. grabbing him. But uh, thank yeah, you. he answered my tweet. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. 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 Oh, You're that's welcome. how you got him? Yeah. You tweeted him? Yeah, I tweeted him. And he oh, really? answered me. It was great. You use that thing called Twitter? I do. That social media <laughs> thing? I do. Wow. Yeah. I've heard of that. All right, so Kevin Bruner, CD Baby, thank you so much yeah. for being here. This has been great. Joel Filippi, award winning Joel Filippi. Mm-hmm. Thank you yeah. so much for getting Kevin. One more time, big thank you for that. This has been the award-winning Music Biz 101 and More radio show with the award-winning Kevin Bruner <laughs> of award-winning CD Baby. And also go to, so they should go to cdbaby.com, but if they want to sign up for CD Baby, they should go to... Members.cdbaby.com, but there's a big link right at the bit top of cdbaby.com mm-hmm. to start selling your music and okay. get it out there. And go to illustratedsound.com and check out the FAQ section of that because that answers a lot of questions about how their whole YouTube multi-channel yeah. network 
works. That's pretty interesting. And then uh, go to us, musicbiz101wp.com for our newsletter for info. We want to thank Dr. Esteban Marconi for being here and making this all happen. He's the father of all things yes, in music and of business course, education. thank my co-host. Who is I, your professor, oh. David Philp. Yes, it is. is. I am your co-host. I, oh. just, I just signed on. So thank you. So Kevin, please put the phone down. We're not done. <laughs> thank you. You've been listening. By the way, Kevin, at the end of every show, you would think we would say hello, but we don't. You know what we say? I don't know. We say, Adios!